0: Life is a loan that you repay through your service to others. I think like when you're at your best, then you're able to add most value to other people.
1: You are now listening to We Are Crayons, the podcast. Conversations with Trinidad and Tobago's creative thinkers and makers. We'll delve into their processes, their struggles, and what drives them to execute continually as creative individuals. I'm your host, Daniel McNichol do enjoy. This episode's guest is an investment banker with over 10 years experience and is also the producer and host of the Caribbean Power Lunch podcast, an interview series featuring black entrepreneurs. Welcome, Kevin
0: Valley. Hey, thanks, Dano. Thanks for having me on. You know, you came to the Cabin Studios to record this. I feel, I feel like a celebrity right now having you in the Cabin <laughs> Studios. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, Dano. I'm looking forward to this. And I like your intro.
1: Let's nice. go. i like to start by finding out who Kevin is. For me to be able to do that, I want to know where you started so give me a little background like your childhood
0: how you grew up i grew up in glencoe trinidad i am my mother's youngest child i also have some older siblings who are involved in finance my dad was a minister in the ministry of finance and what happened is that let's say at the kitchen table everybody will talk in finance everybody talking i think but Mm. i am i'm a little child right I don't know anything. So I'm just there at the table. I'm quiet, you know, but I'm still curious. I'm still listening, mm-hmm. right? I still have questions who in my mind. I was listening to these people, but I, like, I don't actually have anything to contribute just yet. I mean, I grew up really quiet, kind of just absorbing what was going on around me and just having all these questions in my mind. So I guess now that
1: Being an investment banker, that is where the the influence stemmed from. How did you make that decision to actually get into finance?
0: All right, so I'll tell you. I actually wanted to be a psychologist. Mm. I'm always had this curiosity about me. I'm always wondering... So why did this person do this? Why is this person saying this? What are they trying to get? You know, I always have these questions forming in my mind, but you can't ask, you can't ask all these questions because it's like, dude, you're being annoying. <laughs> you're asking too many questions, right? Thank God I have an interview. show, sure, now I can ask all the questions I want. <laughs> yeah, so I always wanted to study psychology. In school, I was never a fan of history too much. I mean, I did a little bit of literature or whatever, but, you know, I wasn't too enthused by that. So I did mainly business subjects. Again, I guess I was kind of naturally following the path of my oldest siblings and my dad. And by the time I was applying to UE, I said, okay, I want to do psychology. And then I got a letter from them. My acceptance letter said, you've been accepted to register for banking and finance. So I was confused. Like, do you mean I get a bank account in Jamaica? I mean, that'll be nice. When I got there, they said, no, you are going to do your BSc in banking and finance. I was like, well, well, can I switch or can I, you know? So I spend a lot of time talking to talking to people like, should I should I switch? Should I say finance? People say hey Kevin, boy, how no money in psychology, but stay in man can finance. So I stayed. And well, yeah, I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess the question then lies is um did you find the money? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm still looking for the money. <laughs> I'm still looking for the money, right? I help other people, people find the money. Right. You know, other people find lots of money right. in my help, but I'm right. still looking for it for myself. <laughs> I hear that, but eventually, I hear
1: that. I hear that. I hear that. So, in terms of going through your studies, um, you studied at Mm UE. Yeah. What type of challenges did you encounter? um, Seeing that that wasn't your first love, how were you able to? make that switch and fall in love with finance?
0: You have to make it solve the purpose that you're trying to solve, right? So for me, why I wanted to study psychology other than being curious is because I wanted to be able to help people. Mm. I want to help people's problems and everything. I, I thought I had some sort of ability to understand people, I guess, when we'll spend all that time listening mm. to other people and be able to give advice based on same, right? With finance now, you're solving those kind of economic problems for people. You know, you're helping businesses get get bigger you know just because of that technical knowledge that, that you build so for me that that was kind of my motivation for it
1: did you have to overcome anything you felt that you know what uh, this thing not really working out
0: i mean i wasn't always the um i wasn't always the top student in class i won't mm. i won't lie to you i always i get easily distracted like right now i'm just trying to focus on your (laughs) question i get a lot of anxiety when it comes to taking exams Mm. so i love to learn i hate taking exams
1: but how important is growth
0: for you because you say you love to learn yeah i mean it's all about lifelong learning right and again that's why that's why i like to do the podcast because when i talk to people i learn from them when i get a good interview a good conversation going with somebody I, i go to bed with a hi
1: Tell me then what, at this point, would you say has been probably one of the most profound things you have learned over the period, whether it's doing the podcast or just in life at this point in time?
0: I learned that I could actually be creative. I never thought of myself as somebody creative. I don't think I could draw a stick man properly. <laughs> you know, Same, same. Serious, same. Okay, same. well, there you go. All right. So, you we know, same. we're like kindred yeah. spirits right now. Yeah. I, I can't sing. I can't dance. If I could, I would never step foot in a bank, I promise you that, because I love to sing and dance and people do not love to hear me sing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what does creativity mean to you?
0: It's all about impact, mm. right? So it's how you take your originality. Now, your originality doesn't mean you have to reinvent the wheel, right? I think the best ideas come from people who take the inspiration from a, a variety of different places, right? So for instance, for me, learn how to interview. I might, I might just watch one person you know, I might watch. Okay, I might, there's David Leno, there's um, David Letterman, there's this pod, there's this podcast I like to listen to, um, Jordan Harbinger, or Carl Fussman, or Dano. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, but I, I want to mix that all together and say, yeah. let's put let's put Kevin spin on this. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I think creativity is really both blending everything you know, adding your little essence to it. And then kind of structuring that to create the product you want to create, to create the solution you want to create.
1: How do you infuse what you do on a daily basis using creativity?
0: So my previous roles would involve a lot of research. So I think I use that research skills when I research my guests before I have them on the show um, in terms of... Hmm, creating financial solutions so i mean it's a lot of math finance is also very relationship based especially my current role where i partner with other bankers to finance deals so it's as much about the research as it is about the relationships mm-hmm. you know so it's about the technical and the relationships the hard side and the hard skills and the soft skills and those soft
1: skills is it something that you had to learn or is that something that is innate
0: that's a good question uh, you know, a good question is a hard question, <laughs> right? I think it's a blend of both. So your innate skills is really a product of your environment. I came from a family of quite charismatic people, although, I mean, I was um, a shy child or, or what have you, but, you know, being around that, you know, it, it, it rubs off in you at some point. And I guess when I grew up enough to, where I was comfortable in my own skin, you know, when I came self-aware of who I am and and just became to accept, hey, this, I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. When you become comfortable in your own skin, people realize that, you know, and you become co- comfortable talking to other people and it doesn't really, you don't really feel like, oh my God, what they go going to think about me? You know, what have you? So you just, you're just able to just be your best self. Mm. And I think like when you're at your best, then you're able to add most value to other people. You know, it's like in that plain video where they tell you, okay, put on your mask before you see about anybody else. You got to put your mask on first. Otherwise, you're useless to anybody else. So how
1: did you become self-aware then? Were there tools? Were there influences? How did you get to that that point? I think
0: you really see who you are at your most difficult times. Okay, so I had a a girlfriend in Yui, and um, she actually... Died like months before she was able to graduate here as a really mm. tragic incident in that time period. So she she passed away in September two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Between then and May two thousand and eleven, I lost her. I lost both of my grandmothers and I lost my father. So at times like that, you you sit down and you say, well, what is this life really?" You know, and it's, that's when you realize who you are, how strong you are, what you're about. And I think it's like at that point when she passed away, that when I when I really start to become who i am you know okay like I, I realize i like to joke so although i'm, I'm a banker so i don't enjoy being that stiff person i'm not going to be a stiff person just because you feel like you should be a stiff person like oh i'm talking to you normally man, whatever just like oh, i'm in a meeting you know so yeah i think it's times like when you realize who you really are and what you have to do to be able to continue otherwise you just sit on home and just mm-hmm. do nothing
1: so looking back now can you pinpoint like yeah i did this thing i did that and i did this And that helped move me forward.
0: You gain perspective. Right. Well, what are we really here for? And you started thinking about your your time here is short. Let's do something that adds value to somebody Mm -hmm. else.
1: So let's talk about your podcast. Yes.
0: <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk
1: about that. Why did you want to start podcast?
0: Well, I, at first, I wasn't even sure what I wanted to start a podcast. I used to listen to this podcast called um, Side Hustle. All mm-hmm. right. Every day, they give you like a 10 minute story of somebody who started a side hustle, what they did, and the, and the success that they're able to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. While meeting in a, a full time job. I say, right. hey, this is really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll keep listening on and say, and you'll eventually, you, sometimes you hear stories that song relatable to you or what you what you're interested in or or whatever. And at this around that time, Anthony Bodin, the world, the traveling chef, right? He had a show in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And he was with the Syrian community. And they said that they are less than 1% of the population, but they control all the wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw nothing wrong with that. I mean <laughs> it, it was true. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um most people took to Facebook and they of were upset about that. And to me like eh hey, there's a gap right there. It's like, nobody's really promoting what's happening in the black community, right? Because I thought about all the other communities. There's the, right here in the Cabin Studios, the Chinese association is about five minutes down the road, the East Indian community. So I used to work long in South, uh, so where most of our clients would be South and Central, where most of the Eastern community live. And I would be in my office and a client and his daughter, his 10-year-old daughter would come to the meeting with me to talk about financing. 10 years old, right? And you know, you'll make a joke with her and say, so you're going to take over the business soon? Yeah, hopefully. And, but that's real talk. That's real talk. So you see there's, a, there's a, that succession planning. There's that mindset. When you look at the black community, everybody's more individualistic. Everybody's like, okay, either I got educated and I got this management job at at this company, at this bank, or at this or at this whatever. Or they want to, kind of separate themselves from from the guys, let's say, in the, in the depressed areas who commit crimes and everything. But, you know, I mean, they're all us, all right? So I said, okay, knowing, knowing all of that, let's highlight businesses in the Black community that people don't really know about. And many people came to me and said, Kevin, why do you want to do Black businesses? You know, people whisper to me like, well, what are you? like it's, it's almost a taboo to celebrate Black businesses. Like, why? You know, I'm not a racist or anything, but, Like, why can't we highlight black business?
1: You feel me? In terms of the people that you've spoken to during your episodes, mm-hmm. are there any takeaways that you can share
0: that would have probably stuck with you? People always wonder, hey boy, I scared of starting my own business, boy. What to do, boy? You know the answers? Start. Start. <laughs> 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 That's the hardest part, you know, Dano. The hardest part is to start. Because you will plan and plan. You'll have a brilliant plan. You'll have all the numbers down, you have the words down. But then you never start. And then what? It's just an idea. Then you, you see somebody else doing it, you know, probably not half as good as you planned it. And they're like, mm, I could have done a better job. But no, you, you didn't do any job. <laughs> you know, you've done nothing. <laughs> so start. Another takeaway is start. Should you do it on the side? I think there's value in um kind of getting your feet wet in, on the side instead of saying, you go all in right no disrespect to my boy Kerry you know you get to see if you can do it and also like if you have some on the side for me right so I have a day job and I have right. something, on the, on the, something on the side that I really enjoy I think it adds value to my day job so I go to my day job and I'm I'm fired up because like, yeah man I, I have my passion across the end and also, I mean I'm also passionate about my day job Good, man. <laughs> 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 that's an important point
1: because we've been conditioned to look at things from the point of view this is success this is not not everybody wants to be a millionaire Well, okay no i i I, I I do do. yeah that's that's great (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's great but i don't think everybody wants to be i believe more so everybody would like to be comfortable so whether that comfort could come from a hundred thousand or a hundred million um, I think there's some 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 space in in inside of there for everybody to find their own groove, now.
0: Mm-hmm. Dano, you ready for cooper boy? Sure. <laughs> all right, so Dano, you, you so you say not everybody wants to be a millionaire, mm-hmm. all right? You know, I like to ask questions. I have to ask you a question. No, no problem. <laughs> no problem at all. I have to ask you a question. Okay. So you have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You also do a big box of crayons on mm-hmm. the side, right? What is that like for you? And what does success look like for you?
1: Success for me is, is being comfortable. That's why I guess I was saying mm-hmm. I was saying that. For me, comfort is being able to make sure that my family is, is good. Right. Um, and by good, I mean we have a roof over our head. We have food to eat. If I feel like we want to go out, We want to go to the movies. We want to go and eat something outside. We could do that. If occasionally we want to travel and it doesn't have to be every year, I'm able to do that. Wow. Okay. So for me, that is comfortable. That is success for me. And I'm also now unlearning that same construct of you need this to be successful Mm -hmm. and making sure that I identify what is success for me. Okay. Okay. We talked about being self-aware, you know, becoming self-aware, and obviously it comes with time.
0: Yeah, it's a challenge, and you know what works for me, especially like this year in particular, in terms of you know, I talk to people and people always say, Kevin, you become so vulnerable, like you're so open, and you're so authentic, and what what caused that is coaching. You know, so from at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of this year, I interviewed um Shelly Shelly Ankachada, mm-hmm. right? She's a uh, she coaches people on finding a purpose and career and all of that, right? And you know, I was, I was I was talking to her like after we finished recording, and we did this visualization exercise, which I think I think she hypnotized me. I think she hypnotized me, Donna. Anywho, <laughs> so Shelly hypnotized me. <laughs> And you know, and 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 I know they just ex- expose parts of me I didn't even know existed, but they were just lying there in my subconscious. And and when I when I came out to the trance, it's like everything became so clear. And other than that, um, in the the office, they they hired a leadership coach for me, right? And talking to her, talking to them, and I'll big her up, Maxine Atong. Anybody need leadership coach? And you check out Maxine Atong; she's one of the best. You know she. It's like coaching holds up a mirror to you mm-hmm. and shows you, hey, Kevin, this is where you are. This is you. And if you just think of things in this perspective, you could be to the sky. You could be there. You know, I love coaching. Mm-hmm. Also, you get to talk about yourself for for our uh, other people and, and the other person's job is just to listen and help you. I, like, you know, I don't often get to talk to myself about somebody and they just have to listen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you being so keyed on that do you think it harkens back to that desire to want to be
0: a psychologist yeah for sure i mean the the interview show and everything yeah that is me just love loving to understand people and but the, the bigger thing about the show is telling people stories i think mm-hmm. no matter what it is yet, you need to tell somebody stories otherwise it's just it's just a bunch of words it's just a bunch of data that's going to be forgotten but stories stick you know a nice Unexpected story, you know, it starts. off like, whoa! Like, I didn't know that person went through that. It's like well, that's what I put. Like, you know, when you tell somebody story, like even when you want to, you want to sell something. So you ask me about about selling and negotiating stories. So when I go to a pitch, let's say on, on behalf of my company, I always tell them the the, the origin story of the company because when you tell somebody a story, they buy into it. They mm-hmm. they feel like they're part of your story with mm-hmm. you. It's like wow, mm-hmm.
1: what does kevin want to be most remembered
0: for see i have three pillars it's about quality impact and professionalism you know my my dad my late father he he had a saying that life is a loan that you repay through your service to others i want to be able to to make a valuable impact on other people's lives i like my main mantra and how i was able to get over that fear of public speaking is like saying kevin it is not about you it is about your audience. So like right now you're interviewing me, but it's not about it's not about me. It's about what will add value to Dano's audience? What will add value to Dano? You know, can I give Dano something to take away this evening? Or am I just going to waste his time and his expensive equipment? You get me? So it's not about you. It's about how can you create an impact on somebody else's life, a positive impact?
1: It seemed that your dad had a, a very strong influence.
0: Oh, he was a very strong man. <laughs> he's a very <laughs> strong <laughs> scary man <laughs> his voice was deep. If you think my voice is deep his voice would shake the cabin right
1: how was your relationship with him you gave me two antidotes that you took away but give me the the, the essence of the man in his remembrance
0: so again he was a politician so um, he was always very busy he would come home late at night and then Soon after he comes home, somebody will come and deliver a huge briefcase for him to go over. So he'll be up in the night going over, going over, and then in the morning, he'll get up on his suit and go to Parliament and everything. What's most important that, that somebody like that leaves is the legacy, you know? And I mean, something I personally try to fight because I want to build my own name, my own legacy, right. right? I want my children to be known as Kevin Valley's children. But at the same time, I've come to realize it'll be disrespectful of me to not acknowledge that, hey, Ken Valley opened doors for me. You know, and I have to, I mean, I have to accept that. Yeah. Ken Valley opened us me. Like he worked hard because he grew up poor, mm. right? My dad grew up in abject poverty, you know, barefoot and all of that. But, and he was able to, you know, kind of pull himself out. He didn't go to secondary school either. You know, he was able to kind of pull himself out of that grind and make himself into what he was, you know? So for me, it's like being second generation, I, you know, we had things a lot easier, of course, so. When I when I find like things are hard, it's like, hey, Kevin, I'll, you know, it's it's not as hard, you know. So some whining, some complaining, it could be worse.
1: Well, Kevin, thank you very much for your time. Again, it's been a fascinating conversation. Yeah, hey. true, truly, true, right truly, right yeah, there, brother. <laughs> 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 truly enjoyed it, right? Um, so, can you tell the audience where they can find? You find the podcast.
0: Anything else you want to share? I'm Kevin Valley on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. There's Caribbean Power Lunch on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and there's Become Investable Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Caribbean Power Lunch is also on iTunes, Mm -hmm. Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcast, I am Kevin Valley, and in a big box of crayons, I will be Power Lunch Orange.
1: Thank you listeners, we truly appreciate your time. Please share this episode with someone who would find it valuable. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes, it will help us reach other listeners just like you. Find additional content on a abigboxofcrayons.com. Follow us on Instagram, at a abigboxofcrayons. The We Are Crayons podcast is a production of A Big Box of Crayons, all rights reserved. Until next time friends, remember We are all the same and the fact that we'll never be the same. Stay colorful.